You're in North Carolina, but which part of North Carolina? I'm in Charlotte. Okay. And mm -hmm. Charlotte, how far is that from like Wilmington? It's like uh, three-ish hours. We're like the west western part of North Carolina. On like okay. Unlike the skinny, I don't know. I grew up in California, so my geography is so bad. So there's much more Western North Carolina, but where we are on North Carolina, like if you go anywhere West, you're in South Carolina, which doesn't oh, okay. make sense to me. We're like the bottom West of North Carolina. Which part of California oh. did you grow up? I grew up in San Diego. Okay. I, you, you may have told me that before. Yes, I think we the... talked about that when we talked about Disneyland. Yeah, the E three. Okay, so San Diego. Yeah. Yes. What yeah. what brought you from San Diego to North Carolina? Um, my husband's job actually, but before San Diego, we bounced around and moved around a lot. He was like in a rotational program for his work, um, and we were only supposed to be in North Carolina for eighteen months, and it's been five years. We like built a house, fell in love with the area, and so we're like very settled now, which is weird from someone that always we always were moving in our marriage, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh yeah, let's just stay here. I felt right. What do you really like about North Carolina? Um, honestly, I love our neighborhood. Uh, the neighborhood really sort of like I love North Carolina and I love that you're so close to like the mountains and the beach. I love that everyone's so nice, but we just fell in love with our neighborhood and it's like we have two kids. So it just became like the place we wanted to raise our family. Yeah, it's like, you know, the South, but not like so far down there, I think, where it's like ridiculously yes. humid, right? I mean, it's probably, it gets humid, I'm sure, in the yeah, summer. Yeah, it definitely but. gets humid. But what I like about it is like everyone that I, most people that I know here are actually from North Carolina. So it's like a really good, like, melting pot of lots of different yeah. like, viewpoints and, you know, religion and politics. And I feel like it's a really good, just like kind of blend. Um, of like lots of different ideas and stuff yeah and california is i mean you know you're from there but like when i lived there it's definitely like a transplant state yeah you know what i mean yeah. people come from all over to go there like mm -hmm. uh I, I just remember so many people that i met were like i'm like oh where are you from and they're just like pennsylvania or like illinois like, yeah i feel like no one that i really knew there was like oh i'm from la and i'm like yes. oh no i odd. loved <laughs> california and i always thought we'd go back there and yet we made it to the opposite side of the country and so life and was funny what, yeah yeah well i mean yeah no, nothing ever works out like the exact no. way we think it's going to um and that's why i asked about wilmington my sister-in-law lives in wilmington and, and oh, okay uh yeah we went to visit heck i guess it's been like a year and a half now wow but like i really liked it when i went there that was my first time ever in north carolina yeah so Except for like an airport, but that doesn't count. But that doesn't count. Uh, and I, yeah, and I really liked it. And uh, but I don't think I've yeah I've been to the Charlotte airport, which is a really big airport, is it not? Yeah, it's I don't know. I feel like Charlotte's not really a place like that would be that exciting to like visit. <laughs> I feel like it's a great place to live. But like my friend came and I was like, yeah, there's like a NASCAR Hall of Fame and oh, what's his name? Oh, I should know this. He's a really famous like preacher, Billy Graham. Okay. It was Billy Graham. So, I mean, there's like the NASCAR Hall of Fame and like the Billy Graham Library, but there's lots of cool things to do like around Charlotte, but I don't know. Like I, we love Charlotte because it's like such like a livable city. Like I envision our like future, like we're putting down roots, I guess you could say. Yeah. When did you guys uh, start building your house? Or, or sorry, I don't it's it. done now, but when did you build yes. it? Yes. Yeah. So we started building in fall of 2019. And then we moved in the day 
like Charlotte shut down. Okay. I was going to say. COVID. So we Ooh. moved in and it was like, we couldn't even get a moving truck because they had like shut down everything. And my husband had to like go and like do all these appeals to so be like, Hey, we need to get out of our apartment. We're trying to get into our house. Like, can you please give us a moving truck? <laughs> we had no idea that we were just like, what a great way to get acquainted to a new house when you have to quarantine in it. And I had a three week old at the time. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like it's like ridiculously stressful. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, oh, what, what do you like about your neighborhood then? Cause you, you mentioned that you... Um, our neighborhood's really walkable. I feel like we'll probably get into this, but I have really bad eyesight. So I'm completely blind in my right eye and I have extremely poor vision in my left eye. So driving is um, not something I'm able to do, which like, believe me, I'll be the first person to say like, yeah, not being able to drive sucks. Like I would not recommend it, but um, it's just kind of like the hand in life I was dealt and I can't really do anything about it. So our neighborhood is actually marketed as like a walkable community. So I can walk everywhere. Um, Like the girls' school, preschool, gym, like grocery stores, every doctor imaginable like both of our primary care doctors, um, our girls, pediatrician, like OB, like there's an allergist. I just took my daughter to, I could walk to, Oh wow. um, yeah, like lots of like different, like salons, restaurants, like UPS, USPS, like literally almost everything, but like a target I can walk to. That so, sounds amazing to be like, I'm going to go to the doctor, the my doctor's appointment. And I just walk there. <laughs> yes. And the dentist orthodontist plastic surgery if you're into that sort of thing my girls like dance studio so like we literally just felt like we needed to stay here and it's also I love when a neighborhood is like like very like close-knit and they have like events and I like know all my neighbors and so yeah it's kind of crazy I had to get to Charlotte to find our neighborhood but it just I mean I never what I never really could see myself giving my kids like the life I wanted to give them without being able to drive and now where we live, I can like be a normal mom. Like we literally never leave our bubble. Like my girls, we go to Costco, which is eight minutes away. Like think that's a long drive just cause we're never in the car. <laughs> so, so you were born with no vision or absolutely no vision, right? In yeah. The right so eye. I'm, com- I'm completely blind in my right eye. And so you've literally never driven ever in your life or no? Or- no, I tr- tried. Um, I think my parents did a really good job of raising me to kind of be like, do it for yourself. Like just try everything just to see what you're capable of. And I feel like I didn't even realize the limitations with my eyesight until I like went away to college. Cause they were so good at treating me like I was normal. Um, but I mean, it's really scary when you can't see, like I really can see about a fourth of what people can see. So when you're behind a wheel and you're, you know, cars coming out from other sides and blind spots, it just, um, it was, it made me really anxious. Um, yeah. and I mean, I don't want to be responsible if something happens, but yeah, it was, it was really hard. So, yeah. Especially uh, with, especially knowing that you, you know, at some point want kids one day for sure. Yeah. Be in the car with them. So, wow. You, when you said, <laughs> so you said one four, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know this stuff. So, yes. uh, you said one fourth, I guess. Can you yeah, explain so, Like, like, is yeah, that just I, like, <laughs> you know, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I'm completely blind in my right eye. And then I have like nystagmus in my left eye um, where my eye kind of shakes. So everything is like really blurry unless I like tilt my head and look through like down my nose. But at that point, I'm already cutting off like half of what I see. So basically the world is really blurry a lot. 
Um, I do wear glasses, but I can't wear them full-time because my eye overcompensates and then I get really bad headaches. So like by the end of the night, like I just, I can't see anything. Yeah. So did you just have like a, like a very strong prescription in your glasses or? Yeah. Yeah. But it can't be too strong because then it's like kind of like a double edged sword. Like my glasses help me see, but then if they help me see too well, my brain like doesn't know what to do with that. And then. Oh, wow. Because it's, because your whole life it's been, yeah. I don't know if the, I don't know if the word is like calibrated, but like, cali like yeah. kind of calibrated to your eyes. So yes. when it gets, yeah. when it changes, it kind of, yeah. Does it like, so I guess what happens though, when it does see quote too clearly, like, like a headache well, not like or that. it just yeah it just like my eyes just work too hard and it makes my brain hurt so I have to yeah. like kind of give it a rest so oh, I'm the person that like my kindle when I read on it there's like five words to a page and I like when I use it on my computer I like super zoom in and I like always have my phone on my phone like huge um so yeah yeah I mean I had no idea well and like uh for people listening. So I, well, I met you at WIPA, uh, or no, no, sorry, not WIPA. Well, I guess WIPA too, but did you go to the WIPA event in New York? Yeah, was there was a WIPA okay. event. Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't we remember. were there. Okay. But, um, we were at the E3 New York, uh, meetup. Yes. In sep was it September last year? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, we went to the, you know, the high rise, we did all that and we were going to get an Uber and then we, we ended up walking back to the same, cause we were at the same hotel and that was my, I think, second night ever in New York. And we walked, and I'm well. When we like, I I had literally no idea that you had like vision problems. <laughs> like really? I did not know. That's so funny. None. I know. I because my like right eye is visibly smaller, but sometimes people like take forever to notice that. Like the night of my husband, he had no idea, and we like talked all night long. And then the next day, when I was telling him about my eye, he's like, "Wait." you're blind in one eye? Like your, your eyes smaller than one. I'm like, yeah, you didn't notice. And he's like, no. So some people, it's like the first thing they notice. And some people like don't even see it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I, I don't really remember, but like, like now, like looking at the zoom, like I can, you know, you can see that it's, well, I wouldn't even say like, if I just met you for the first time, I wouldn't say her eye is smaller. I would just say, I can see let like, your like your eyelid just looks like it's more closed, but it's not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's really not that noticeable, honestly. So I know I don't, I don't it's it's, it's funny. Uh, um, yeah, my husband calls it my little eye. And then, which is what your business used to be named, correct? Yes, yes. I little, used to be Little, little Eye Film Co. And because uh, because I, I did know that, but like yes. Wow. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I mean, so you've, so. No driving, and then, well, heck, I guess that night when we walked in New York, even though it was like Times Square, it was like pretty brightly lit. Like, did you have yes. any trouble whatsoever, like navigating? Yeah, that's why I felt comfortable walking home with you. <laughs> but oh, okay. I'm very used to walking everywhere, and like, I'm definitely like, hey, let's walk before we get an Uber, and it was so nice yeah. out. Um, yep, but yeah, was... by walking alone, it's definitely hard to like navigate and see. I pro probably at that point put my glasses on or something. Um, okay. But yes, it is hard to navigate, but. They have phones for that. I think we just were yeah. looking at Google Maps on the phone. Right. I, I feel like I was looking at my phone the whole time yeah. being like, are we going left or right? But uh, yeah. yeah, I had absolutely no idea. And I'm not even kidding. So That's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, which I think probably says more about me. Clearly, I just wasn't, I don't know. I am oblivious, I guess, but had no idea. So um, so basically, yeah, like, I don't know, that whip 
or that sorry that E3 I guess they were both was Whippa and yeah, E3 we, we, we went to a Whippa event <laughs> but uh, yeah that was super fun met a lot of people and uh, I guess like what brought you to E3 yeah so I my like story of getting into videography I wish it was like oh I like want to do this and then I pursued it and then I just kept growing because for me it was like a lot of like back and forth, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of like, hey, well, I'm, I can't see very well. Like, does it make sense to become a videographer, even though I love it and I'm really good at it? Um, and so I've been doing this for a while, but then it wasn't until like end of 2020 where I was like, hey, I actually kind of want to make this more of like a career instead of a hobby. Like I filmed so many weddings before then. I loved all my couples, like truly like I got creatively fulfilled is what I wanted. But I feel like the end of 2020, I, you know, COVID was going hard and I had two kids. I had like a new, uh, I guess at that point she was like six months old and a two and a half year old. And I kind of was like, okay, like I need more. Like, I think I could actually turn this into like a business. So I dove into like education and tried to figure out like, what kind of market do I want to serve? What kind of films do I want to produce? How do I want to go about this to make it you know, less of a hobby? Um, and then after really working on like my mindset and kind of being like, I got to a point where I was like, I wish that I had started earlier because if I had just committed to it and gone, like think of where I could be now. And so at that point I was like, I don't want five years from now to look back and be like, Oh, why didn't I just go for it? So I kind of just like made the decision, like, I'm going to shoot for the stars. I'm going to pursue this. I want to be in the luxury market. I want to do this. Um, and that's how I stumbled upon E3. It seemed like they had, um, you know, a really awesome like community already built and they are amazing with the information they give you. They really want you to succeed. Um, and so, yeah, I joined. Was there one specific person that was like, hey, you should join E3 or how did you? So I'd always heard of it. I was actually in a different mastermind before then. It was called Elevate. It's with Taylor Petronovich, who is one of my favorite people ever. And so that was kind of my dipping my toes into like this idea of like, like education beyond like just YouTube videos. Um, and I loved it and it really opened my eyes. In some ways it really prepared me for E3. I think for some people, when you join E3, it's like, as they say, like drinking out of a fire hose. It's just so much information so fast and doing elevate first really helped me kind of get in a position where I was ready for that growth. And then, so a couple of my fellow like elevate members, um, like Kevin Cochran and Julia Kentner, they were in E3. And so after talking to them, they finally convinced me to join. So I joined E3 in, um, January of 2022. Okay. Oh, so yeah, I joined like November of 21 or like right around Thanksgiving. So I think yeah. I joined like a month and a half before you yes. or like two months before you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's like the same, basically my, everything in my story falls the same path of like me wanting to do something. It's like, no, let me think about, let me second guess myself. So I think yeah. I'd like been mulling over joining E3 for like a year. And so once I finally did, I was like, okay, no more going back and forth. Like I'm committing to it. I'm either going to get there. Or I'm just going to, you know, keep trying. Yeah, I almost feel like like when I tell people about E3, I feel like they're intrigued. And then they kind of – some of them kind of – I can tell they gave me that look like, are you getting like paid to tell me to join this place? You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I'm 
yeah, like like I you like you know what I mean? Like I'm like a door-to-door salesman and I'm like, "No, no, no, yeah. I'm not getting like commission for this." I'm like I just am passionate about it. Trust me, like Yes. You, you I w- I would have done it sooner had I, you know, could I have, but uh but yeah, I always try to, you know, sell people on that. So 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 you mentioned uh like video and co- and film in college. So mm-hmm. I do remember you telling me, I think cuz we also took a uh Uber together to the airport because we did, yeah. got the same flight or, or not same flight. Sorry. Same, same roughly time. the same time. Yeah. And, uh, I remember you told me you went to, f- I guess, would it be film school or did you just study? I film? just, I, I majored in film with an emphasis okay, okay. in documentary. Yeah. And I, and like, you know, my eyes got big and I, and <laughs> I get like super excited when people want to talk like film because I yes. like to talk film. Yeah. Uh, and that's like when someone likes the same band as you, you're just like, yes, yes, this song. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't really have that many close people to talk like movies and anything with, mm-hmm. or just like filmmaking in general. Uh, so I'm just like, oh, cool. But like, I also don't want to like annoy people and just nerd out. But yeah, one of the first things I thought was like, I definitely want to talk film with this person. So like what got you into, I guess, studying film in college and where did you go to college? I went to BYU, um, Brigham Young University in Provo, and I was a media arts major with an emphasis in documentary. Um, and I had, I've always loved movies. Like I was the kid making movies growing up. I actually had a movie star camp. Um, that was like my summer job where I would have a bunch of girls, like probably ages, like, I don't know, eight to 12 come over, um, to my house for a week. And my mom, who's a screenwriter would write a script. And then we'd practice, I'd direct them, we'd film it. And then a week later, we would have like a red carpet premiere of all their families to like show the film that we made. So I have always been into not only movies, but kind of working for myself and doing my own thing. Um, and then I remember kind of my mom being like, well, I don't know, like, I don't know if you can support yourself with a, if you study film, but like, if that's yeah. what you're passionate about, do it. And for me, there was never any other option of what to study. Like, this is what I wanted to do. And so I got into the program my sophomore year of college, and it was a two-year program. Um, And I immediately fell in love with documentaries. I just think people are fascinating. And I think there is something, like, so humbling of, like, telling someone else's story, like, them trusting you enough to let them into, like, um, their lives and communicate their story through film. Um, but I honestly was on the producing side for most of it. Oh I, I was, what were you going to say? I was literally going to say before, like a minute ago, I was like, you give me like producer energy. Like, yes, you, like very much so like in a good way. Like I'm like, I'm like, not, not like behind the camera. Like I'm like, you're a producer. Like I could, I could just picture it. Yes. I mean, like when we're zooming now, like literally I'm like, nah, you're like a producer. Cause you put everything together. Like yeah, you mentioned like, I, getting those kids together. Yes, I I loved it. I always really, ooh, my AirPod just fell out. These <laughs> are my okay. husband's. They're like the fancier ones. I don't know if mine would last. Okay. Um, I really wanted to be behind the camera, but I kind of let the fear of like my eyesight stop me from that. And I also did a lot of editing too. Um, but yeah, I did producing. Um. So I was like asking the questions during the interviews, kind of like coordinating like shooting dates and making sure we had all the equipment we needed. And, but I really always wanted to like be behind the camera. And sometimes looking back, I'm like, why didn't I just like, just do it? You know, like if I had just started then and started practicing then, 
um, I could have conquered a lot of like fear and doubt much earlier in my life. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, that's like a, well, that's like a good excuse you had was like, well, I can't be behind the camera because of my yeah. eye like that make, I mean, that makes total sense. Uh, why that would scare you. But like, you know, obviously it didn't deter you, which is pretty, I'm sure plenty of people are probably like, wait, what's your job? And then when you tell them, they're like, it's probably like an awkward pause, right? It's like, well, yes, but aren't, didn't, can't you like not see out of one eye? Like, yeah, it's, I'm sure you probably get that all the time. And then what, I guess, what do you say to those people? You're just like, I can, <laughs> I can do it. So, like, like, do you want to so look at my work? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, I am very open about it. Like I, I'm an open book. Like I think there is like, such beauty and vulnerability and like being authentic. I'm not trying to pretend like I have everything together and I know better than everyone. Um, I just tell them that, yeah, it's, I have every reason not to be doing what I'm doing, but I love it so much that I can't picture doing anything else. Like I truly don't know what I would be doing with my life if I was not a videographer like that is, I just feel like I was made for this. Yeah. Um, I, I think I take it for granted sometimes because well, sometimes like my camera gear after a wedding, I'll, you know, put it away and it'll go like in the corner in my office. And then I'm sometimes I'm like, well, I just like now that I shoot so many weddings, you know, I'm just like, eh, I'll, I don't want to shoot anything. And I feel like I kind of lose the spark a little bit. And I'm like, I'm going to take my camera and like film my daughter in the backyard, like, you know, throwing leaves in the air and stuff, stuff like that. So I feel like I just want to like shoot more. And sometimes I do take that. I know. I feel like I'm so bad at taking my camera out for like personal stuff. Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I tried to be vloggers for a hot sec. We thought it was like, oh, that's so easy. We could do it. No, do not re recommend it. I feel like one, I was way too self-conscious to like film in public, but two, it was like so much work and exhausting. Yeah. Um, so I have a ton of like footage from our YouTube days um, up until my oldest was like one. And then I have like nothing. I have like iPhone videos, but I try to be good about like taking my camera every now and then and like getting some like, you know, videos and pictures of them. But it's hard when like, that's what you do for work. It's like, I don't yep. want to be working when I'm at home. Exactly. People have asked me before, like, oh, you don't, why don't you have any like videos of your daughter? And I'm like, I do. They're on my iPhone, but I'm like, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to edit like all night. Like, I just want to enjoy the moments. Yeah. Uh, like, I guess when she was like a, like a real, like maybe a couple weeks or a couple months old, I would film her a little bit, like laying in the crib, but like, that's about it. And I'm just like, I just want to enjoy this stuff. I don't want to, you know, stick a camera in her face and deal with editing and sound. I just want to be like, Hey mom, look at this video. And like, just send it to my mom. Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yes. um, I was going to ask, so documentary, I guess, what are some of your, this is like a loaded question. You can take your time with it, by the way. Okay. What are some of your favorite documentaries you've seen recently? Do you still probably keep up and watch some online or? Yeah, I try. It's funny where my husband and I are taste me is like sports documentaries. So we watch a lot of like 30 for 30s and like <laughs> they're so well like done. That. They're like really yes. well made. Yeah. Um, but no, I feel like I don't watch as many as I want to. I'll watch a documentary and anything though, honestly, like I love it. What are some of your just all-time faves documentaries? There was one that I loved and it was about, I can't remember the name, I'll have to look it up, but it was about like a French school teacher. I think also like a documentary that's done really well where it doesn't like just reek of like bias and someone trying to like get you to think yeah. a certain way. Like 
some documentarians do. Like, I feel like I love when we just get like a look inside something and we're kind of left up to our own to make our own decisions um, yep. and how we feel. And I would say my favorite, maybe of all time documentary is American movie. If you've ever seen that one. I haven't seen that one. It's, um, is it Mark Borchert? I think is his name. He's yeah. like this filmmaker in Wisconsin and it's, it's uh, awesome. Like I, I watch it probably at least once a year for like, I don't know, the last five, six, seven years. I just love it. American oh, movie. You. Look, yeah, look it up. It's really good. Okay. One I used to watch my mom all the time growing up was called mad hot ballroom. Oops. I don't know. I mean, mad hot ballroom. Um, and it was about these kids in New York city, like training for like a ballroom dance competition. And I just have always loved kids. Like, I just think it is so fascinating to kind of like watch kids because they have just such like a, like un like marred, like view of the world almost. Like they're just so genuine, so innocent. And there's something so like, just like heartwarming about seeing things through like the lens of a child's eyes, you know? Um, so yeah, that was one that I watched all the time with my, my mom growing up. I don't know why I always watched that one. <laughs> I wrote that one down. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, that's what I was writing. Yeah. Um, yes. Man, there are so many good documentaries. I know. What about just films in general? Like, like what movies do you remember? Like, I guess watching in film school or is there like a specific movie that you're like, wow, I have like a new appreciation for it now that, you know, that you understand yeah, more about film. We watched like a lot of the classics. We watched like a lot of like Alfred Hitchcock movies. Um, we watched a lot of like, silent films um I think what I loved about film school I took a film theory class and what I loved about it it was like I could watch a film and have a totally different experience than like the person next to me what they watched it what they got out of it and yeah. I think like film like depending on what point of your life that you're in it can be like so impactful at a certain time um so yeah, I remember there was a movie, I think it was called A Kid with a Bike. It was a foreign film. It's Belgian. And I remember I was studying, I did a, a film study abroad in London for like three months and we watched it there. And for some reason it was like eye opening. Such a like eye opening. I think it's about it's about a little boy who um he kind of gets like abandoned by his dad. And, uh, he's kind of like bounced around left in state care and he kind of finds this kind of like life with this hairdresser. And I just, for me, I think a lot of my stuff, as I said, comes back to like kids. I love, you know, I'm a mom. I feel like I have such a special place in my heart for like kids who are not born into situations where they have like, you know, loving parents at home for them. And it was just such like an eye opening experience to be like, wow, like, there are people going through this right now in this world. Um, I came from like a very stable mom and dad at home um, type of thing. So I don't know. I think movies can kind of be like windows into like other aspects of life. You don't get to like really engage with like daily. Yeah. And a lot of people are really closed minded about the movies they watch. And that always bothers me. Yeah. I will tell people, I'm like, hey, watch this. And they're like, oh, it's in black and white. Ugh. And I'm like, that that doesn't matter. Like, don't worry about the black and white. Or they're like, oh, there's subtitles. And I'm like. Ugh, like just watch the movie like parasite won best picture a couple years ago yeah. like you know like that i'm like trust me the subtitles don't matter 
and then because I went to film school also. So like would watch so many just movies. Uh, that was like one of my favorite times of my life. We would just watch movies all the time. And a lot of them were foreign. And that's when I realized I was like, oh, like there's like a whole different world out there. Literally of movies that aren't American, yes. <laughs> like Korean, Korean, Jap. I really got into like the Korean and Japanese uh, movies, but like, so you were ahead uh, of the, uh, the squid game times. No, Korean, yeah. Korean shows were becoming popular. And you're like, Oh, I've been doing that for years. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Like obviously squid game was like, you know, huge, like what last year. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, man, I've been, I watched old boy like long time ago. And I'm like, old boy is amazing. <laughs> uh, and people are like, what's that? But like, I don't know. Like, I love that. And then like Japanese films, like pretty much anything Kurosawa, like, yeah, he's basically like one of the best directors ever. And people are like, what's that? Like so many movies are based on, you know, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think, uh, like seven Samurai is basically like mm-hmm. a template for so many, like it's a magnificent yeah. seven. It's the same plot. You know, you mentioned like when you watch movies, like, you know, you can, it's like, like seeing like a different perspective. Uh, when I watch movies, <laughs> I, like dissect it so almost in a way like if i'm watching a film and i'm like oh like the light source is coming from over there like i see it from like a technical standpoint yes. and people are always i told someone that and they're like doesn't that like ruin the movie for you and i'm like no i, I love it and i'm like oh like like watch this here look at that like focus pull stuff like that i just like love and i nerd out on it all the time yes i remember when i started the film program i was like just wait you'll never be able to watch movies again and yeah like if i sit down and like consciously look for those <laughs> things i can see it but I'm just like such an emotional person that I shut off everything. I'm like, hey, what is this movie making me feel? And that is kind of how I like to watch movies. Um, but I taught, I was a TA for a, like the uh, film, intro to film class. Like it was like the main GE um, for film. It's like an arts, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was fun to like teach that class and then get into like the, you know, specifics of like camera angles and and editing and like sound design and all that stuff but for the most part no I like just I escape with movies I'm like yeah, just let me well, cry let me feel something it really is like my comfort thing like yeah. tr- I go to the movie I go to the movies all the time uh, it was really rough during COVID because we couldn't go yeah. for a while like it was that's when I realized I was like wow well, I guess we go to the movies a lot like as a family like we would go there was a time where we probably went like three times a month, which I think is a lot. Uh, I know. Because some people don't go ever. Some people don't we go. We never go to the movies anymore. Yeah. It's just so expensive. And then finding it, a it babysitter is. on top of that. Like my husband, like counting down the days. It's like when are our kids old enough that like they can take care of themselves and we can get one of those like movie passes where you can get like unlimited movies and like go every week. Like I, I'll watch anything. You don't need to convince me. You tell me a movie, I'll go watch it. You know? Yeah. And like my daughter's three now, but like the last three years, you know, I can't take a one, two or three year old to a movie theater. Uh, and we just, you know, hey, is a babysitter available? And if not, like my wife stays home with her and I'm like, I'm going to go to the movies. I That's totally, what my have, sister-in-law does. Yeah, they just go to solo alone. movies. Yeah. yeah. No I watched Top Gun Maverick by myself and I was like, this movie is awesome. And I told my wife for like six months, I was like, you have to see Top Gun Maverick. And we never got to see it. And then now <sighs> you can watch it. I actually bought it on 4K. But I was yes. like, let's watch it. And we finally watched it. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you, that was you need one to see movie. in a theater. But yes, that was one really movie we did get a babysitter for. I was like, I need to yeah. see that in a theater. That and, like, uh, I remember we watched, like, Dunkirk. And I was like, this is, like, the perfect, like, movie theater movie. Because it's loud. I watched, I watched Dunkirk on a plane for the first time. Yeah. Not, <laughs> it's, like, the opposite of a movie theater. But it's but it's still, yeah. it's still good, though, even on a plane, yeah. I'm sure. I enjoyed yeah, it on so that good. tiny screen. 
Like, what are some of your, I guess, comfort movies that you find yourself watching a lot? Um, I love the movie About Time. If you ask my favorite movie, I will say that it is such a good movie. So underrated. I actually um, watched it twice on a plane ride home from China. And then when I got home, like the next day, I made my husband go to Redbox and get it so he can watch it with me. So I watched like three times in 24 hours. Um, I love that one. And then I, I'm not above a good like chick flick rom-com. Like I love, love You've Got Mail. I love Pitch Perfect. Um, I love like John Tucker Must Die, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I like just those mindless movies too. Dolores Prada is another like staple for me. Uh, and then You've Got Mail and like Groundhog Day, like the older ones like that. I love too. Are you a Ted Lasso? Fan. I've never seen one episode, <gasps> but oh, everyone talks gosh. about it. Oh my gosh, it is my favorite TV show. I say that a lot. Yeah. Everything's my favorite. But it is like <laughs> so funny, but like so emotional and heartwarming. Like, oh, you need to go watch it right now. The first season I mean, is just like pure gold. I mean, there's a reason why it's like dominating awards. But it's got to be so, good. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes. And I love Sudeikis too. I love him and everything. Yes. Uh, yeah. What else? Yeah, TV shows. So. I don't know if this isn't like a TV show, but it was a mini series. One of my favorites that I've ever seen, and I actually bought it on 4K. I'm like a physical uh, media guy. Like, yeah. I still will buy like 4K and Blu-rays, even though like no one really buys them anymore. I, yeah. I still will if I like love it. Like I bought, you know, Dunkirk and Top Gun Maverick and all that stuff. Yes. But have you seen Chernobyl? Yes, that was so good. Oh, my God. It like blew my mind. Like I think about it like all the times. So I don't just like sit and think about it. Yeah. Uh, so good. If you're listening to I this. I think that's like another thing where you watch it and you're just like let into a whole other part of the world. Like that is yeah. so far removed from us when you're watching it. It's like, wow. Like it really just makes you think. Yeah. I saw it at Best Buy on 4K. There was like one left and I was like, I'm getting it. <laughs> I don't care Gosh. how much it costs. I was yes. like, I'm getting it. I saw the Fableman's in Atlanta right before the E3 event, like the holiday party, like like literally like an hour before. So have you seen Fablemans? Yes. It's like a- No, I haven't seen it yet, but it, I saw it on the Oscars last night. It. Yeah, it's like a really yeah. good movie for like people who love film. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And his dad the whole time is like, you know, this is a hobby. It's not like a real job. You shouldn't, yeah. all that, but which I could Honestly, totally relate to. Most of the time that I have time to sit and watch a movie is when I'm on an airplane. So I'll get it next time I'm on a flight. <laughs> Oh, and that's what I was going to ask you. Like, uh, do you guys like put the kids to bed and watch TV for a bit? Or like, what's your kind of go-to like when you watch? You so know? it depends right now. Um, it's kind of like we lead two separate lives and we're trading off with our kids a lot just to make it possible for me to work. Um, I usually wake up at five in the morning and get a couple hours of like work in before my kids wake up and then I'm mom mode. And then I go to the gym with them and drop them off in gym daycare. And I will work out shower and then work for like an hour, then pick them back up, back in mom mode. And sometimes they're getting, so I have a five and a half year old and a three-year-old and they're getting really good at playing together. So sometimes I can sneak away and they'll play and I can like answer emails, but I don't ever count on that. And then when my husband's done with work, he takes them and they go off, do something. He puts it on for bed and I work and if I'm not too busy, we'll hang out for a bit. But if I am, then I just work and we go to bed and I do it again the next day. So it's definitely not sustainable. But um, I remember listening to a podcast and it was like, if like everyone has the same 24 hours in a day, um, no matter who you are. And so what you do with those hours is so important. So I was like, if I want to like 
make this like pursue videography and make my business like, you know, successful. I have to give it the time. And if that means making sacrifices while also being a mom, that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I do look forward to a future where I have, you know, eight hours a day to myself, but right now yeah. that's not what I have. And that's like a really good way to put it is like, we all have 24 hours. Like what do you basically like, what are you going to do with yours? So yeah. That's, um, that's amazing. Wow. And I thought I, I mean, had like a busy schedule five no. in the morning. And I'll be honest, there are some days where I sleep till my kids wake up and I, you know, kind of go through the motions, but I found that I am like most productive. I love being a mom and I love being a videographer and I would not be fulfilled if I was only one or the other. Like I need both to kind mm -hmm. of like feel like I'm living the life I want to live. And so one of my favorite quotes, and I'm going to butcher it. I don't know who said it, but it's like, of all the balls you juggle, remember some are made of plastic and some are made of glass. So as long as I'm, if I'm dropping some plastic balls, that's okay. Like it's a season of life. Um, as long as I'm keeping those glass woods in the air. Wow. That was a really good one. Thank you. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Make note. And like, I like became a stay at home dad basically when my daughter. Yeah. Was I remember born. you when told my, me that. Yeah. Yeah. When my wife went back to work after maternity leave, I <laughs> I legitimately remember thinking this was like probably weeks of watching her by myself. I do remember be being like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I was like legitimately like, I don't know if I can like physically or mentally do this just because I was trying to, at that point I was still trying to like work while watching a baby. You know what I mean? I was still, I didn't realize like, no, like just take care of your child work later, which I ended up doing. But then when, what would happen was my wife would come home from work and then I would basically try to work as much as I could until I yeah. went to sleep. And I was make I was exhausting myself and I would go to bed late, but then I'd have to wake up early to, you know, a screaming baby. And I was like, uh, I definitely had a whole new like respect for like stay at home parents because I'm like, man, it's hard enough to watch a child alone without doing a business on the side. And I was like, I can't. Oh, it was no. just so hard. You so, basically yeah. have two full time jobs trying to get it done with a time of like one thing. I know I've gotten really good at working in like very small incremental hours. Like one of my friends, like, how do you edit so fast? And I was like, I don't have time to sit and like take, you know, weeks to edit a film. Like I have very yeah. limited hours. I need to like be as productive as I can with those. Well, um, yeah, and you like, sounds like you like schedule it out and you plan it out, which is smart. Yeah. Like, yes. I'm almost worried in the fall, my oldest goes to kindergarten and my youngest starts preschool. And I'm almost like, I think I'm going to get like overwhelmed with all these out free hours to myself. Like I've gotten so used to like hour here, a couple hours there. Like, what am I going to do? I I, I do kind of like, I guess I'll make a to-do list. I, like, I, I try to fill the time I have is kind of how I do it. I don't like to just yeah. sit and do nothing because I feel like I'm wasting time and then I feel guilty yeah. for wasting time. Yeah. And that's why like, I try to be very like respectful of other people's like opinions. But when someone like complains about like not having time, like, Hey, you have the time, you just don't have your priorities. Right. And that's fine. Like maybe right now is not the time for that to be a priority, but if you really want to go for this and do it, like you can find the time. And I am a, I'm a, no, I'm a firm believer in seasons of life. Like there there are times where it's just not your season. And also one of my friends, her and her mom have this thing about floors and ceilings where it's like, sometimes you just need to do like the bare minimum and that is your best. And that is okay. Like, yeah, maybe you want to go like run 10 miles, but you got up out of bed and you walked outside for 10 minutes. Like that is all you could do. That is great. You know, like, I feel like sometimes 
I don't know if it's like social media or society, but it's like this idea that you need to be hustling 24 seven, you need to be on top of your game, you know, the clean house, your kids need to be perfectly dressed, like all this stuff at once. Like, no, that's just not possible. You need yeah. to kind of like figure out what you need to do to like, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. Like, well, yeah. I also think it's, yeah, it's really like, we're really hard on ourselves. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I didn't run the five miles today. I, I ran two miles instead. Like, well, that's a good, th like, look at it half full, not half empty. Yeah. And then uh, the social media thing that's going on now is like, everyone's Instagram makes it seem like they're doing boom, 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 mm -hmm. but they're not, you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, oh, I need to do it. I need to do that because they did this and they're doing that. But it's like, well, that's not, it's kind of all an illusion. So. Yeah. And I think too, it's like, we're our own like harshest critics. Like some like, Oh my gosh, you look like you're killing it. Like your business is doing so great. Like you're always out and about. I'm like, Oh, I'm dying. Like, I do not feel like I'm killing it. I feel like yeah. I'm in survival mode, but I think it's so important that saying of like, don't compare your highlight or your behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Like you just, you know, we're all doing our best. We're just trying to, you know, get through. And I think as wedding vendors, we can like relate. We can understand like how hard it is running your own business. Like it doesn't matter. Kids, no kids, like job, no other job. Like it is hard work. And so I feel like we all just need to give ourselves some grace. All this has been great. I love that you shed some light on getting into film and you mentioned growing up with, you know, no vision in your right eye. Like again, I had literally no idea. So <laughs> blows my mind. I want to thank you for coming on and, uh, you know, taking time to tell us about your story and probably see you soon. Yes. Have fun in Santa Barbara.